It says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, that he is God. It is he who made us and, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. It goes on to say this, enter his gates with thanksgiving and of course with prayer. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. And his steadfast love and endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. How many of y'all believe that the Lord is good? How many know that? So we come together, we do so as we're entering, we, we have an opportunity to enter his presence this morning, amen? And we enter it as the psalm says before, with thanksgiving. Our hearts are full because of the goodness of God, amen? So how about we stand up on our feet this morning, let's worship today, let's praise him today with thanksgiving overflowing from our hearts for the goodness of who he is.
free indeed. So if you are holding on to anything, I just encourage you even now, just let it go. Don't pick it back up again. Don't worry how you're not going to pick it back up again because he's going to help you do that. Let's live in the freedom that he gave his life for. Hallelujah. You're the same God today and the same God tomorrow. Help me see a victory that you already see. Let my faith be today. What it will be tomorrow when I've seen the victory you already see.
I think we should focus our heart for a minute on the fact that God does get the glory. Does he not? And, and I know this is Thanksgiving week and it's a, it's a celebration of family and food and all the different things that we do. But understanding the source of all things is God the creator, amen? So they're, they're about to lead into a song called Gratitude. But before we go into this song, I just want you to take a moment and just personally worship him. It's really great that we sing songs together because we're united together in our worship and what we say. It's unifying. But to be a person that expresses the gratitude to God from your own heart, your own words, expressing glory to his name for who he is and what he has done and what he will continue to do. So, so how about just for a minute? personally just for a moment. I just want you to praise him and worship him with your own words and your own time, okay? Before we head into this next song. So let's just do that. We praise you, Jesus, and we worship you. You are great, Lord Jesus. You are great. You are wonderful. And we glorify your name. For you are above all. You are a provider. You are the one who saves us. The graciousness of who you are, Lord, touches each one of us. Lord, we have no life without you. We have no being without you. For we live in you, we live by you, And you are wonderful. You are great. You are high above all. So this morning, Lord, we praise you. We worship you. We recommit ourselves to you again once today. To follow you. To allow you to be God in our lives. there's no way we can properly express our thankfulness for what you have done. So Lord, just receive these words this morning. As an expression of our love, our adoration, of our praise. For you are you are faithful. You are true. And Lord, we thank you so much. Thank you so much for simply being you. Each one of us. Just, just for a moment, just raise your hands up and just worship. We praise you today, Father. We worship you. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Inhabit the praises of your people this morning. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We're so Praise you, Jesus. 
I feel that the Lord is saying that there's someone here who feels like they don't have what God needs of them. And he is just saying that what you have is exactly what he needs. And that song is talking about all I have to offer is worship. And that's all that he is requiring of you. So when you feel inadequate or that you're not bringing to the table what you should be, just know all he wants is you. It's not deeds. We don't get anything with deeds and good works. It's him and him alone. So just when you feel like you have nothing to give, bring him your worship. Bring him your gaze. He just wants you to look upon him and say, God, I know, I know that I am weak, but in my weakness, you will be made strong. And that is all there is to it. Our minds make it so complicated. It's not. It is so simple. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. His yoke is easy and his burden is so light. We give you all of our burdens today, Lord. Things that have been we have been holding on for too long, God. I pray that today would be the day that we drop them and we don't pick them back up. That we would be your people and know that you are our King, that you are our Lord, that you are our Father. And that we will know that in you, our yoke is easy and our burden is so light. And in you, we can have joy no matter what the circumstances are. I got a story too good to hide. I was a blind man wandering until I saw the light. Yeah, I got a story. Can't deny I'm a living, breathing miracle, and I just gotta testify.
know that you can set us free. Amen. He is so good. Well, we're glad to have you this morning. If you would just go around and greet some of your family of faith this morning. Well, let's take up tithe and offering. If you have something to give in the chairs in front of your offer envelopes, if there's not one there, wave your hand around. One of the ushers will help you out. And by today, by the way, today we're uh, receiving our Thanksgiving offering in addition to your normal tithe and offering, and that's these yellow envelopes. So if you're new with us, once a year we take up an extra offering at Thanksgiving time. We call it our Thanksgiving offering. Uh, Thanksgiving offering is always designated towards uh, a project that, that we're uh, into. So like last year's Thanksgiving offering was designated to uh, replace our roof, which is about ready to be done. We, uh, it didn't, if you didn't know, we also own the house next to us that we have a renter there. We replaced her roof uh, about a month ago and we're about ready to redo ours. So last year's Thanksgiving offering went towards that. This year, uh, Thanksgiving offering is, uh, is going towards uh, fixing our air conditioning issues that we ran into in the summer sometimes. So that's what that's designated towards. So regular tithing offering and also Thanksgiving offering can be put into uh, the buckets today, but we appreciate 
uh, your giving and your faithfulness. And, and we believe that God does abundantly more than we could ever ask or do in our own wisdom with the giving that comes in the house. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you uh, for an opportunity to come today and be in worship. And we continue in our worship and in our greeting of one another and also our giving this morning. Lord, that uh, we are people who live by faith and live in the fact that you are our provider in all things. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Everybody says, Amen. you can bring it down if you have it. By the way, if you don't have your Thanksgiving offering today, you can keep bringing it in because it's designated with these yellow envelopes. Uh, they'll always get separated out and designated uh, towards what we're doing with it. Um, by the way, if you're new at this today, and, and well, maybe you've been with this a little bit, you've never filled one of these out in the back of the chairs is, are these uh, red or orange, whatever that is, white cards, and they're called Let's Get Connected. If you would fill that out and, and do me a favor, Kelly right there, take it to Kelly after church. She'd love to meet you. She has something for you. So um, just our way to get connected with you. I promise you we won't start bombarding you and calling you and sending you stuff. It's just uh, a simple connection for us. So you can fill that out. That'd be great and give that to Kelly. Um, some announcements. This uh, sitting up here, these are from our uh, service our, our gathering last week at the end we took up prayer requests and, and put them in here so we're just going to continue to pray over these prayer requests over the next little while i'm going to leave them on uh, the platform up here so sundays wednesdays before after church whatever you can come up and take a moment and pray over these we're believing that god will do what we cannot do that's what this is about. How many believe that God responds to our prayers? Amen. So that's, that's what this is for. So if you weren't here last Sunday and you do have a prayer request, find, find a scrap of paper. Don't put your name on it. Just write down your request, throw it in here, and we'll continue to pray over these for the next while. And having said that, that leads into, um, yeah, go ahead. That leads into uh, coming up in January, our uh, 21 days of prayer. Um, which we're going to highlight um, uh, January 8th to the 28th. We're going to tell you more about that. So uh, we like to kick off every year with a concentrated time of prayer. So every Monday night from 6 to 7, we have church-wide prayer. That will be here tomorrow night, so don't forget about that. There will be no Monday night prayer in December, but then we'll be back when 21 days of prayer starts in January. Uh, let's see what else we got going on. Oh, Thanksgiving this week, don't forget... We have no Wednesday midweek service this week, but it is Tuesday night instead. So we call it Turkey Tuesday. So 7 o'clock Tuesday night, we'll be right here in normal service. Then we will not be here Wednesday. You can travel, make food. Like I said, uh, on Wednesday, I, I hope that Margot will start baking. I'm not even concerned with the cooking part, but the baking. How many, how many with me? The baking part, you know, you start baking on Wednesday. I'll help a little bit, too. Do I help you in the kitchen? Yes. See, amen. So I like to get in there and help out. So um, anyways, Thanksgiving this week, we hope you have a wonderful time with family uh, and friends and, and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be here Tuesday night instead of Wednesday. Let me see. And, we, and certainly we got um, uh, December things happening, Christmas kind of stuff. We'll start announcing all those things this coming uh, Tuesday and then, then next Sunday. We got a youth party uh, the second uh, Wednesday, the women have a, a cookie exchange, the 17th, and certainly this year uh, we have our, our Christmas Eve service like always, and if you didn't know, Christmas falls on a Sunday this year, and I know there's a lot of family activities and stuff, we're still having church, so if you don't have a family activity, we're going to be here having church, so Christmas Eve on Saturday, church on Sunday on Christmas Day, and uh, certainly celebrating Jesus and what 
it is all about. So, if you've got your Bibles, 1 Timothy chapter number 6, and verse number 6 is where we're going to head today. Every year at this time of year, I take, and I'm very purposeful in this, I take time uh, to talk about thankfulness, and that's what we've been doing on Wednesday, so this past Wednesday and also Tuesday we're going to be talking about thankfulness, but what I'm talking about today along with it is a word that I don't think gets enough uh, I don't want to say airplay, but you know what I mean by that. In the church, because of how important it is to the character of a Christian, is a word called contentment. Uh, it is a characteristic that is extremely important for us, especially, listen, contentment, I think, um, is, is a characteristic that can be grabbed onto and lived in a lot of contexts. But, but in an American society, when we have ideals like the American dream and we have ideals of success and achievement, we've got to be aware of this characteristic for the Christian life. First uh, Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 6. Let's just read for a minute. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we cannot take anything out of the world. We brought nothing into it, and we can't take anything out of it. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. You see that? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Notice that word gain there. That's kind of important. Paul's making a play right here. We want to gain things in life. In other words, we want to have things. We want to achieve. Uh, you've, heard, you've heard the saying, the one who dies with the most toys wins. You ever hear that statement, that phrase? We want to gain and to have. But Paul is making a play here. The best thing you can gain in life is not all that stuff, but godliness. Amen. That's the best thing you can gain in life. Godliness is and we're going to talk about godliness in January. We're going to do a series entitled Pursue. We're going to look at different places in the letters of the New Testament where it says pursue and whatever comes after that, we're going to talk about it. One, one of the places uh, Paul writes says pursue godliness. What is godliness? Godliness is simply a conforming to God, conforming to his will and to his ways. This is most important. This is more important than anything you can gain in this world. To gain a conformity to God and to contain a, contain a, a conformity to his will and to his ways. Now, one of the keys to pursuing godliness versus pursuing the things of the world is that word contentment. To be content simply means this. It's simply a state of satisfaction. I am satisfied with my current situation enough 
that my focus can be on gaining godliness. Now, I say that understanding some things. I say that, and I know me. Okay, so I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to talk about you. Let me talk about me for a second. Be a little transparent. I have a tendency to be a slight workaholic. Is that true? I have a hard time sitting still. I always have to be doing something. I've always got a project to do. I've always got an idea I want to think about. I've always got some studying to do. I've always got some reading to do. I can be a slight workaholic. I'm, I start work in the office at 7.30. Often I'm there at 6.30, 6.45, 7. Why? Because, because I wake up and I'm thinking. So I just go. I, I'm aware of myself. I, I'm aware of the fact that also... In con and we were talking about this Wednesday a little bit. In the context of, of the world, I am actually wealthy. In, in America, you would say you're middle class, but world context, I'm wealthy. You know that? Most of you are too. I'm aware of what I have, but sometimes I forget about it. It's easy to take for granted the house you walk into every day and sleep in, right? It's easy to take for granted that, that you got a car that works. It's easy to take for granted these things that we have, that we often chase because we want them, because this is what our society says you need, and certainly we need shelter, and we, we need food, and I understand that. But they turn into objects versus things that I need in life, if you know what I mean. I'm aware of, of myself that in that there's sometimes a desire to have more. And it shows up whenever I go shopping with her. <laughs> so so if, if we happen, so just the other day, we were out doing a little Christmas shopping for our kids. So we, we, were, we went to a couple stores. So when I'm thinking about and this is something exactly that happened. I was looking around. I was actually looking for something for my son, sons Ryan and Gavin. And they didn't have it. But I was walking by this coat rack. I was like, that's a cool coat. And you know what I did? I, she, she came over. I said, hey, I like this coat. And it dawned on me, I have like two or three coats. It's not any better than the coat I have. And I said that. This is a cool coat. But then I go, but I don't really need it. And I put it back. I could have afforded that coat, I could have bought that coat, I could have wore that coat to church this morning and left three of them hanging in the closet or how many is there. You, you have a, you have a uh, there's something about us, we have a tendency to want more. How many know what I'm talking about? And all you got to do is just go out somewhere and you see, oh, wow, that'd be nice. Oh, I'd like, ooh, I like that. And that's, There's nothing necessarily wrong with that until they become objects of desire that take the focus of life that I gotta have this stuff. We've lost contentment and satisfaction with our current situation. The biggest thing you can gain in life is godliness. Right. Not things. Because as, as Paul writes there, you came into this world with nothing. You ever see a picture of yourself when you were just born? You had nothing. 
And, and, and you know what? You realize that when you were born and you had nothing but the relationship of, of, of your family, that you had more than enough right there. Did you not? Were you loved to, a, to an incredible extent? Was there something wrong with you because you didn't have all this stuff? No. And that's the same way we're going to go. Same way we're going to go. Let's just be honest. And everything that happened in between ultimately doesn't matter unless we have pursued godliness. A conformity to God and his will and his ways. I don't want to be remembered by something I had. I want to be remembered because I was somebody that chased after God. Amen. By the way, in being aware of myself and everything too, is one of the things that I'm always consciously aware of that sometimes I worry about, am I generous enough? I think about that sometimes. Am I generous enough? I never want to be greedy. See, here, here's something that I want you to know. So write this down. They'll put this on the screen. Contentment guards against the temptations of greed, self-reliance, and busyness. Write that down. Contentment guards against the temptations of greed, self-reliance, and busyness. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So Paul is writing, as you think about that, Paul is writing, if you have the basics of life, learn to be satisfied and be content with that. When you are not, you have a tendency to be greedy. You have a tendency to be self-reliant, to produce and that causes you to be busy. You see that? See, greed is simply selfish desire. And it can show up in a lot of different ways. It can show up in money. It can show up in things. It can show up in power. Okay? But greed is selfish desire to have. I got to get mine. I want it more than I need. And I actually, at the end of the day, don't really care about others and what they have because I just need to get mine. It makes an idol of things. It makes an idol of having. It makes an idol of possessions. By the way, Scripture teaches us something that's built in to deal with greed. It's called giving. It's called generosity. That's built in to deal with greed in your life. So contentment, being satisfied in your current situation, helps guard against the temptation of greed. It also guards against the temptation of self-reliance. And what I mean by that is, I am the source. It depends on me. It makes an idol of self instead of God being your provider. I have to make way. Now, now we're going to talk about what this means in the idea of laziness and things like this. But just understand that you are not to be self-reliant. You're to be God-reliant. Then he leads you to show you how to be and being yourself. It, it makes an idol of the self. By the way, the built-in scriptural pushback against the idol of self is worship and prayer the ways of God versus my ways, his thoughts versus my thoughts, his wisdom versus my wisdom, and that we're to seek these things. 
And then the last one is busyness. You might, what do you mean by the temptation of busyness? Busyness says my activity is why I am successful. It makes the, the idol of my own abilities. Now, you, you are able, you've been given purpose, you've been given talents, you've been given all these different things. But again, our reliance is ultimately God, not ourself. The built-in uh, pushback against busyness is God calls us to cycles of rest. Now, see, this is, this is one for me. I always have to be busy. I always have something to do. On my days off, I have things to work at. But God's teaching me how to rest. See, these different kind of things, contentment helps you not desire things in a way to be greedy. Contentment helps you to know that I'm going to rely on God. And contentment also helps you to know that I don't have to be busy all the time because God is my provider. These are things we have to learn. This is about your, your mental health and your physical health. It has to do with your soul. Here, here's a quote. I don't know what quote this is. I, I, I saw this somewhere. I thought it was really good. It's much longer than this, but here's a, here's a little uh, snippet of it. He is not rich who is surrounded by many possessions, but the one who is rich is the one who does not need many possessions. He who is poor is, is not the one who possesses nothing, but the one who is poor is actually the one who requires many things. We ought to consider this to be the distinction between poverty and wealth. Contentment. That I learn to be satisfied with what I have. So here's some different things. I'm going to give you, let's see, I wrote down five things. Now it sounds like a lot, but we'll go through them. Five things that deal with contentment. Here's the first thing that goes with what we were saying before. Contentment keeps you from sacrificing what is important for things that fade away. Contentment, satisfaction, will keep you sac from sacrificing what is most important to try to achieve things that ultimately fade away. Family versus possession. Time with God versus having things. What are the most important things of life? Are you being distracted from them, trying to work hard enough that you think you're going to bless those things or have those things and, and do better for those things all the while while you lose those things? Uh, so this has, doesn't have to do with possession, but sort of a, another way to think about this. So for me as a pastor, being in ministry, you realize I could be so much about my ministry, I could sacrifice sacrifice my family over it. I've seen it happen. Is that honorable to God that I sacrifice my family for, for a calling? Nope. You never sacrifice what is most important for other things. Here's something I tell you guys all the time. Learn how to slow down. 
When you slow down, you can be with family. When you slow down, you can spend time with God. When you slow down, you can focus on the most important things. Never make a trade for the most important things for things that ultimately pass away. Clothes, property, vehicle, money in the bank, savings, retirement, Nothing wrong with those things, but those things can be the root of all kinds of evil if they turn into the wrong place of life. So contentment keeps you from sacrificing the important things for things that fade away. Johnny Cash sang a song. I know Johnny Cash, right? One of his more recent songs before he passed away. One of the, one of the things about the song, he, he talked about an empire of dirt. You know, my house that I have, it's a, it's a, I think it's a nice house. We, we bought a cornfield, and we sat on it, and eventually we built a house on it, and it, it's an okay, I think it's a nice house. I don't know how long, it's, it's 13 years old. Another 50, 60 years, it's going to be a pile of dirt probably. It's going to fall apart. I drive a vehicle. I like my vehicle. It was a midlife crisis spurge a little bit. Eventually, that car is going to break down and not run it anymore. It's going to be rust in a trash dump somewhere. The clothes that I'm wearing, eventually, they're going to fall apart and unwearable. Everything you own, eventually, is an empire of dirt in some way, eventually, at the end of the day. It's not worth the most important things. Amen. All right, here's the second one. Contentment keeps you from having your whole life wrapped up in the rat race of life and having that define the good life and success. Contentment keeps you from running this rat race of life and thinking that is the definition of a good life and what success is. So Luke chapter 12 in verse number 15. Let's just jump there. Something that Jesus says here. Luke chapter 12. In verse number 15. We'll just highlight one thing in the midst. You can go back and read Luke 12 later. There's more to this. But he says something that goes with this. It's very important. And he said to them, Take care. Be on your guard against all kinds of covetousness. Watch this. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Your life does not consist in how much you have. It consists in godliness. Amen. So we think, we look at people, wow, that's a big house. Look, at they got a couple cars in the driveway. Look, there's a boat parked around the back. Wow, look at the property. They, they must be successful. Well, in, in the eyes of the American dream in a rat race, yes, but in the eyes of Scripture, unless you have godliness, no. The good life is not everything you have, but, but Micah, the prophet Micah said what the good life is, and Je Jesus mirrors it later. He said, this is, man, what is good. Oh, man, this is what is good. To do justice and to love mercy, that's how you treat other people, and to walk humbly with your God. You see that? 
He said, that's the good life. The good life is how you treat people and how you walk with God. Jesus mirrors it, talks, and, and it, it comes with the, the great commands we find in the Old Testament. He just flips it. Love God with everything you have. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the good life. You can have that good life without having the biggest house on, in the neighborhood, without having the nicest car in the neighborhood. You, you know that? The good life is God and his ways. Contentment will keep that in front of you. Uh, here, here's a good one. This is for me right here, okay? But I'm going to tell it to you too. Contentment allows you to have a healthy cycle of rest. So, so as, as most of you know, we're a campus church. And uh, I worked at the main campus for a lot of years, and the pastor there, his name's Peter Dosick, and uh, he's, he's a great man of faith. He's, he's uh, somebody I look up to. And there are times where he will come to me and say, when was the last time you took a day off? That's been a while. And he will do that. He will look at me and say, okay, go home. I say, but I got stuff to do. I have a sermon to write. I got people to call. He'll look at me and say, go home. I said, he goes, you want a job? I said, yeah, go home. He said, you will not be an 80-year-old, broken down, physically messed up person because of ministry. Go home. He teaches that to me. A healthy cycle of rest. Contentment, contentment shows you that God is my provider, I'm satisfied with my have, I don't have to work myself to death to have a good life. We have to learn that. As a matter of fact, when God made things, remember there's a cycle of seven. And on the seventh day, what did God do? Sabbath. Sabbath carries a couple different connotations. It means stop, but also means settle in. Settle in. You should have a healthy cycle of rest. Now, we know ultimately that rest, as Scripture teaches, big picture, our rest is in Jesus. We have an eternal rest with God, okay, our reward. But it teaches us that we have to have rest in our life, a cycle of it. You must learn to stop. Let me tell you something. Do you believe that God is going to be your provider whether or not you work those extra six hours? Absolutely. You think, you think that when he teaches us a cycle of rest, that he actually wants you to do it? See, I have to learn this. I'm always about something. I've got to learn to sit. So yesterday, I'll be honest with you, yesterday I sat. I did. Did a couple little things. I sat, I watched some ball games, I didn't do hardly nothing other than some Christmas things around the house. And you know what? I was ready to go this morning. I got rest. I was ready to come here and have church. Because I took some time yesterday and I rested. You've got to get the cycle of rest in your life. It's important for you. All right, here's the next one. Won't spend too much time on this. Contentment, we were talking about this Wednesday with thankfulness. Contentment allows you to be a cheerful giver. 
If you're always worried about not having enough, it will stop you from being a giver. Greed stops the giving. Isn't that right? When you're always worried about having enough or having more, when the Holy Spirit drops on your heart to be a giver, it's not the cheerfulness of giving. It's the grudging giving. And sometimes you may not actually give. The Bible talks about the provision of God. But it also talks in, in the Corinthians about that God gives seed to the sower. It's, very, it's directly talking about finances. What do you do with seed? You sow it. That means you cast it, and it grows something else somewhere else. So the provision of God for your life is not just for you to stuff in your pocket. If you worry about having, when God does provide, it's all about you. But God's teaching us with contentment. When he does provide, there is a response from your life and the leading of the Holy Spirit in giving for others, too. Because you just never know when you're giving is a moment of God in their life. Isn't that right? So God being our provider and our living in that is directly connected to his leading in our life in giving. But you'll never give if you're not content. Every t- if you're not content, every time you're led to be a giver, you'll always think in your mind, but this is what I could do with that money. And it's always centered around what? You. Maybe God is leading you to give so you get to focus off yourself. And we actually start to live this whole love your neighbor as yourself is happening in your life. I, I, I like when Paul used the word cheerful giver. Do, do you feel good when you give? I hope so, because that's cheerful giver. When you're led by the Spirit to give, there's a cheerful, there's something good about that that's happening. That is good for your soul. That's good for you when you give. It's teaching you the whole time. It's teaching you something. So contentment allows you to be a cheerful giver. Here's the last one. We'll close up with another verse in a moment. Contentment is connected to other characteristics of the Christian life, like joy, peace, kindness, and different things like that. When you are satisfied, you realize you have more peace in life when you have satisfaction? Isn't that right? When you're content in life, you realize that you'll have more joy? When you're content in life, it'll allow you to be kind towards other people? We were talking about this a little bit last Wednesday about thankfulness. It shows up in front of some of the other fruits of the Spirit. They're connected together. They go together. But that contentment allows other Christ-like characteristics to grow within you. Lack of contentment will rob peace from your life. Lack of contentment will rob joy from your life. Lack of contentment will rob the ability to be kind towards other people. They're all connected. I've got to learn to be content. Now, having said all that, just understand this. Contentment does not mean laziness. I'm a, I, I try to be in a cycle of rest. It doesn't mean I don't work the rest of the week, right? Contentment doesn't mean that I don't care responsibilities of life. Certainly I care responsibilities of life. Certainly I live my life with, with abilities and callings and things God's asking me to do. 
Contentment doesn't mean that you don't have goals and plans. It doesn't mean you can't have a retirement. It doesn't mean you can't seek to achieve things. I have things that I'm after in life, but what contentment does, it puts those things in their proper place, and that's so important. Though I want to achieve things in life, that is not the biggest goal of my life. Though I don't mind having some nice things, that is not the biggest goal of my life. Though I want to work hard, that's good, but it's not the biggest goal of my life. Godliness is. Contentment puts it all in the proper place. Philippians chapter number four. We'll go here and close up. Philippians chapter four. Let's see. Verse number 11. Paul writing says, Not that I'm speaking of being in need. Now watch this. For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. But I also know how to abound. So Paul says, I've had situations where I've been in some tough times, but also been in situations where it wasn't so tough. I've been brought lower or times of, of abundance, of abounding. But in any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing both plenty and hunger, both abundance and need. And what, what is the secret? Here's the secret right here. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, we use that verse for a lot of stuff. The context of I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is so I can be content if I have or I don't have. Whether it's a good season or a bad season. Whether there's a lot of money in the bank or there's not a lot of money in the bank. My car's running fine or it's in the shop and I know I'm up 500 bucks to the calipers and brakes and all sorts of stuff need changed. We know we can be content in either situation because ultimately the secret of it is Jesus is the one who strengthens me in all my life. And because of his strength, he will see me through. Amen. He is going to see me through. How many of you can tell others there's some times in your life where, man, it seemed like the provision of God was in great abundance? Let me see. Who knows? How many of you can tell the opposite stories? Where it seemed like it was paycheck to paycheck, sometimes the paycheck wasn't enough, and then when it rains, it pours, the car broke down, and the dryer quit, and the dog needed to go to the vet. Who cares about that? I'm kidding. Um, so, got all, everything's happening at one time. You step back. I can be content. Not that I don't work to change it, not that I don't seek God to help me, but I can be content because it is Jesus, who gives me strength, and I can do all of these things in my current situation because of him. I learned to be content. Contentment shows up in thankfulness. 
as we were talking last Wednesday, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. See, so Margo and I, we're in a place of life. As you guys know, as you reminded me at the church picnic, I turned a certain age this past summer. We won't talk about that. We're at a certain place of life where all of our kids are out of the house for the most part. We're empty nesters. We've been working to be good about our finances. We don't take on debt. We don't rack up credit cards. We don't do any of that stuff. You know, we don't put ourselves in a hole as much as possible. We're in a place of life where financially we're doing well. We try to be wise, good stewards with what comes into our life. But I'll tell you what. There were times it wasn't always that way. When we were first married, I was a part-time youth pastor making no money, framing houses during the day. She worked a job making, she was making more than I was, actually. Uh, we had a good insurance because she worked for the state of Pennsylvania, their insurance. We, we lived in this, this upstairs, no air conditioning apartment of a house that was like 100 degrees at all times. Our bedroom didn't even have a door in it. It had saloon doors, like, like a western. It was the craziest thing. I literally could probably run and jump across the entire apartment. We didn't have a kitchen table. We would sit down on the floor. We got a cooler for, for our wedding gift. We were, she would make almost everyday burritos. That's why I hate them. Uh, burritos, and we'd sit down on the floor, and that was our kitchen table with a blue cooler, and we'd eat burritos. and, and just. We consider that just as good a time of life as life now. The only added bonus is we just had have our kids that we didn't have then. That's the bonus. But other than life, life was, life was good. We have good memories. The, the, the carpet was this thick 1970s shag burnt orange mess. <laughs> the walls were all paneling with the wheat pattern all over it. The bathroom, for some reason, was this like smurf blue. It's just this place was unbelievable. But it's what we could find when we got married. And I'm laughing about it. You know why? Because I remember it fondly. I, dro I drove a, a car that my sister gave to me, a, a Ford Escort stick shift. You know, it was, a, it was just, it was, but we had a good life. Because even at that age, we were, we were content. Did, did we improve? And, yeah, certainly. We, we did. And certainly where we're at, we're at today, because we made goals and made plans, but we understand that's not the essence of life. We had, we had my best friend, good friend, that, and we were living in the downtown area of, of a, a town called Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania at the time. We had friends, good friends, that lived in a, a what do you would call it, a suburb, big house. They had a grill. I didn't have a grill. I wanted a grill. He had a grill. <laughs> Going out to eat all the time. We, they always, hey, let's go out to eat. Sometimes we're like, hey, we can't. We don't have the money. They did all these different things and ended up bankrupt. Because they chased having things before the place of their life financially. They wanted to have, 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 and eventually went bankrupt. There were times, I'll be honest, I wished I had their house. I mean, they had a big house. Like I said, I wished I had a grill. I wanted the grill. I liked the grill. <laughs> there were things they had that I desired. But we learned to be content. Well, I always remember the most important thing of life is 
godliness, and that is the greatest gain you can have. By the way, I have a grill now. Thank you. I like to use it. Actually, it's a point of contention in our marriage. Because it's, it's technically a smoker. I don't have a gas grill. Don't like them. I smoke everything. She gets mad because she wants it now. I say it'll be ready in two hours because I'm going to smoke it. See, there's contention in our marriage. So just understand that. She, she would rather have it fast without the goodness of the taste. I'm just saying, just trying to teach her something. Huh? Anyways, not as good. Not as good. How many get what I'm saying today? Contentment. Amen. All right, let's stand up. Let's pray. Let's close out this morning. So examine yourself. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Whether it's greed, self-reliance, or busyness. How can contentment grow in you to help for the goodness of who you are? It is the goal of life God or is it things? Think about that. Think about that. Lord, we thank you that you are our provider. We thank you, Lord, that you will be with us in all of our needs and you will see us through. We thank you that we're going to live by your wisdom your direction. Live in you. And you're going to show us how to work hard. You're going to show us directions in life. You're going to show us the goals and the plans and how to set life up. But, but ultimately, Lord, the goal is you. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for the times of abundance. We thank you, Lord. But teach us how to be godly in the midst of having those things. to do with those things as you want us to. But ultimately, Lord, in the place of our eternal rest with you, that we know that that is the greatest reward we can ever have. Lord, I don't think we can fully comprehend what that will be we press on towards the goal of that upward call in Christ Jesus in all areas of our life. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we all say, all right, remember, Wednesday is Tuesday. Sign us back there for the women's cookie exchange. Sweatshirt sign up is the last day today. I forgot about that. Please sign up if you want one. Have a blessed day. We'll see you Tuesday night.